0: Some more tips
1: and rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artist. It's Rafi. And Clee. And today we're gonna to talk about being ghosted.
0: How to handle being ghosted. Yep. And anyone who's an artist knows what that means.
1: Yeah, ghosted. we're not talking about poltergeist or, you know, living in a haunted house or anything like that. We're talking about the elusive person. That shows interest in your art or commissioning you for something, and then all of a sudden they disappear. They leave the face of the earth.
0: Yeah. And, um, man, I've experienced this a number of times. You have, too. And it could be during any part of the process, the initial conversation, the design phase, or sometimes after the piece is done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Which, uh, that used to happen to me a lot, uh, or it didn't happen to me a lot, but it happened to me a few times in the beginning when I was taking on commissions or when, uh, somebody was showing interest in something and wanted me to change something. Uh, it doesn't happen so much anymore because I always make sure that I take a... Uh,
0: a deposit.
1: Yes, yeah. I take a deposit.
0: I most oftentimes do as well, although even still now, sometimes I just delve into a project without even thinking about the money's end of it, and then, you know.
1: Well, this uh, comes to us uh, from a question on Twitter. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. our question comes from Rhoda Fursona. Uh, the handle is at Miranda. And they asked what to do if you have lots of interest in folks buying a piece, but they don't respond in a while. And then how to follow up or I guess like how to not be pushy about it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's a great question.
0: Following up without coming across as pushy was something that I struggled with because I kind of felt pushy at any amount follow-up in the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to pester them. If they really wanted it, then they would reach out to me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I remember in the very early beginning, I was struggling with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I realized that, like, people have their lives going on. So you're doing them a favor by reminding them that they had an interest in something. So I don't think you should ever see yourself as pushy. Unless you are desperate.
0: Or angry about it.
1: Yeah, angry about it. Like, I can't believe that they haven't contacted me. You know, like, understand, people have their lives. They're busy. Uh You are not first and foremost in their mind. Yeah. So sending them a, a friendly reminder, like, hey, uh, if you remember, this piece is still available. You showed some interest in it. Uh, That's – there's a big difference between doing that and being pushy about it.
0: Like, hey, you said blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I wanted to start off by really uh, covering that point, which is humans. Yeah. There's no way to know what's going on with someone. Their situation might have changed. Their financial situation might have changed. They might have forgotten. Life might have happened. They might have decided that they don't want the piece and it's just easier for them to ghost than to say it. Yeah. Um. But there's no way to know what's going on with someone. And w- humans are also really good at drawing conclusions about what's going on and we come up with all these stories in our heads about like it's probably this probably like your dad likes to say yeah. probably that guy just decided blah 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 blah
1: yeah whenever my dad starts a sentence with probably that that means that he just made up some story in his head but i think we're all really good at doing that
0: so i th- yeah absolutely so i think reaching out in a friendly way if you're mad if you're feeling salty about it, then maybe take a pause to work through that before reaching out. Yeah. Um, but just reaching out. And I actually like to start those communications with, hey, just wanted to follow up with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that what matters most in the following up with people so that you don't feel like you're being pushy is to understand what your motivation is behind it. If they're no longer interested, are you okay with that? You know, are you, are you reaching out to them to remind them or are you reaching out to them because you were like, well, you showed interest in this and you should buy it. You know, like, where, where is your motivation behind that? Whenever I reach out to somebody who showed interest in something and then they, uh, kind of fell off the radar, they ghosted me. Basically, what I do is reach out to them again. I reach out to them at least twice, and if I get no response after the second time, then I don't reach out to them again. The first one is like, hey, just a friendly reminder, this piece that you were interested in, it is still available um, if you're still interested, a lot of times people will respond and say like my financial situation changed or, Oh my God, I totally forgot. Yeah. I'll buy that right away. I've even had people that were like, Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot. I'll buy that tonight. And then three nights go by and I'm like, okay, so now I got to send <laughs> this awkward email again. Like, Hey, yeah it's me again. Just what? And the reason that I'm okay with sending the email is because it's nothing personal. Right. I am just sending them a reminder. That's all I'm doing. Uh, now there's a big difference between somebody showing interest and commissioning you to do something. Right. And then ghosting you. That, that's where, uh, I would tend to take it a little bit more personally.
0: Yeah. So, um, full disclosure, this happened to me recently. I'm going to briefly go through the story because it's interesting. Um, this woman had been looking for me for four years um, because she had purchased two necklaces from me in person at a show and then lost my contact information, lost the necklaces, spent four years hunting me down on social media, and found me. So she was super excited and commissioned me to recreate the two necklaces that she had originally purchased. Right. So my thinking there was like, awesome. I'm going to totally, these aren't pieces that I do anymore, but I can still do them. So this is going to be really cool. I get to sort of recreate a new version of what I did before. And um, did I expect her to piece out on me? Definitely not. No. She spent four years tracking me down. So um, the idea was, well, let me make sure, and this is where I made my first mistake, let me make sure that I can still reproduce a similar couple of pieces. Right. And I'm not going to ask her for a deposit just in case I can't find the materials or do it.
1: What? wah, wah. Yeah. So
0: we were communicating back and forth, and she was pretty quick to respond. Uh, So I was like, no worries. I'll do the necklaces. I'll send you pictures of them. And at that point, I'll set up um, an invoice or a payment method. So I went ahead and I created the two necklaces and sent her the pictures and um, sent her the payment information and got nothing. Now, the second part of this is they were one of the necklaces was going to be a surprise Christmas gift for her daughter right. and the other one was for her. So there was kind of a timeline in place, too. I want to get these to her before the holidays. So I was making sure that I was keeping to that timeline. Um, and so then I so I, Like I said, I sent the pictures and the invoicing information and there was nothing. Now, it was the holiday season. So I just kind of moved on. Right. You know, I have other orders to do. I have things happening. So, um, but then a week went by and I was like, it's getting close to the shipping deadline for the holidays. Um, so let me just reach out to her again. Maybe my email got bumped to spam. Right. Who knows? Right. So I just said, hey, wanted to send you a quick follow up to make sure that you got my email, that it didn't get bumped to your spam folder or anything like that. What do you think of the necklaces? Uh, are there any tweaks and et cetera? And if you like them, you can go ahead and complete payment and, um, all that, all that good mumbo jumbo. Right. And the second email, no response. Um, and we got past the shipping deadline for the holidays, no response. I actually reached out a third time. Right. A month later, I think, post holidays. Hey, just wondering if you were still interested in these necklaces. I've been keeping them safe in the studio. I hope all is well. Uh, that's basically the gist of it. Right. And nothing. Um, and still to this day.
1: So that's an interesting story. So she looked for you for four years, found you. Yeah. And I would say that your mistake was you took on the commission without taking a deposit.
0: Under the assumption that she's clearly going to follow through with this because she's been looking for me for such a long time. Yeah. What happened? I don't know.
1: Right. Right.
0: Sometimes you never hear from the person again.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's the thing. Like, that's why obviously with this situation, you're not taking it personally. No. Right. Um, that's somebody that ghosted you. Now you could take a look at the situation and say, like, well, what, what could I have done differently just to avoid putting in all the work and then it not going anywhere. Yeah, you know, because obviously you could grab those and you could probably list those.
0: Oh, definitely, I can sell them. They weren't so personalized that they wouldn't be something that I could sell. If I'm about to create something that is very specific to a person, I collect a deposit.
1: Whenever I've done any kind of portraiture or anything like that, like I make sure that I collect a deposit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is difficult, especially if you're dealing with friends, because a lot of times your friends. Uh, are like, yeah, but it's me, you know, and you, you gotta remind them, like, yeah, but this is what I do for a living.
0: Yeah. It's especially difficult if you don't know. There's a self-confidence thing that, that comes up with commissions. And I think for me, and I bet a lot of artists can relate to this, part of the reason that I don't want to collect a deposit before a commission is so that I can still bail out if I decide I can't or don't want to do it. Right. Um, getting money from someone It sort of locks you into the commission. And so I think a lot of artists avoid getting a deposit for that reason, but then it ends up biting you in the butt sometimes. It it
1: does. It doesn't bite you in the butt sometimes. It bites you in the butt every time. Because in all honesty, listen, if you're, if I, whenever I take on a commission, the first thing that I do is buy materials specific for that commission. Right. And so if I get started on the commission in any way, shape, or forms, at least I know that the materials are covered. Yeah. And then if something happens where I'm not gonna work on that commission or anything like that, then I could always return their money.
0: This is true. And if it ends up that they ghost you Right. Then, then they're at forfeiting least, their deposit. Yeah, then at
1: least you have the deposit to cover the materials that you just
0: purchased. Now, I've also done this with pieces that aren't commissions, with pieces that are one of a kind, uh, where someone's interested in it. And I'll let them know, um, this piece is listed on my website and it is also on display at this place. So if you would like me to hold it for you, but you can't pay it in full right now, you can place a hold on it. With yeah. a deposit yeah. as well. And yeah. that way they are invested.
1: Yeah, in exactly. That's you know, I've done layaway. Yeah. Where I've put pieces broken it down into a six month payment plan where they could pay for it. Uh I don't do the layaway where people add commission uh to it, you know, like a percentage or whatever. Oh, I just right do now. clean like this is how much it costs, this is what it's gonna cost with shipping. Uh send me this much money every month, and then when you're done paying you could, uh, I'll, I'll ship it out to you.
0: And you've had people that had, um, been making layaway payments that, uh, just pieced out, that just pieced out, pieced
1: out. And then they, you know, uh, for a lot of them, they were good enough to reach out to me and say, like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to finish paying this. You could keep the deposit or whatever. Some of them I've returned it. I mean, it all depends on your one-on-one interaction. interaction with the person. If you're dealing with somebody who's very, very difficult to deal with and they've stressed you out in any way, shape or form, then honestly, in my mind, like, okay, well, that's that's going to cost some money Like, because I've spent a lot of time working on this. That's one of the reasons that I don't get my hopes up until the my phone to chings until i actually make the sale until i have the cash in hand yeah um i'm kind of I, i'm just kind of really skeptical of anybody that says that they're going to purchase with my book we got so many people so many people that ordered the book mm-hmm. and they pre-ordered the book i mean a, a huge uh, the the amount of gratitude that i have for the people that ordered the book is overwhelming but there were also a handful of people that were like, "Oh, as soon as as soon as you release the book, I'm going to purchase it," or as soon as uh the this book is ready, I- I'm going to purchase it, or next week I'm going to purchase it. And if I was counting on those people to come through, yeah. then I would be highly disappointed because a lot of them have not purchased a book, but I also don't hold it against them. I know that life happens. I know that uh, sometimes you just don't have the money to purchase something that you said you were going to purchase.
0: And sometimes you just change your mind. I mean, think about how often you've changed your mind, any of us. Sometimes when I see art – let's talk about art. Sometimes when I see art that I love or you see art that you love, we just immediately buy it. Because it's like if you're feeling those feelings right then – Better to not wait. Someone yeah. else will end up taking it home and then you'll regret it. But I've also seen art that I've absolutely fallen in love with that I ended up not taking home with me. Yeah. Um and I not because I changed my mind so much as, you know, you kind of have to weigh it out a yeah. little bit. Do and, I have the space for this? Do I have the finances for this?
1: Yeah, and it's one of the reasons that when uh, when people are looking at when people are looking at my pieces and they comment, oh, my God, that piece is beautiful. I really want to purchase that piece. I don't It. It. – I'm not assuming that they don't mean what they're saying. Of course they mean what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course they want to purchase that piece. Of course they think it's beautiful. Of course they have the perfect spot for it. But it isn't until the, uh, the words move into action, which means that they are actually pulling out their wallet and paying for the piece – that the transaction has taken place. And so just because someone says that they love something or that they're going to purchase something, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to roll out. And if if you are like – if somebody says like, oh, I really want to buy that and you take that to heart and then they don't buy it, you actually will feel a little bit of resentment. It's not their fault that they didn't get it. There, there, there's a plethora of reasons. How many times have I gone to the store? and picked up things and put it in my car only to be waiting in line long enough to look at the things and decide like, oh, you know what? I The
0: line makes it not worth it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Where I'm like, I really don't need this <laughs> and I don't need this and I don't need this. Yeah.
0: And on the other side of that, if I bought everything that I felt feelings for all the time, uh, we would have problems here yeah. in our tiny little studio. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's still a huge compliment when people say that Oh, I really love that piece. Definitely. Oh my God. I want to buy that piece or like, how much is that? I'm, I, I need to buy that right now. That is definitely a compliment. Um, whether or not they buy it or not, that, that's really up to them. So I don't get excited. I, I, I appreciate the compliment. I appreciate the fact that they want to buy it, but I don't get my hopes up. Because you don't
0: consider it a done deal until it's a done deal.
1: Exactly. Because if I think it's a done deal because they said that they were going to buy it, all I'm doing is opening up my, myself to being disappointed.
0: So basically the thing here is don't take it personally either way. Don't take it to heart if someone says they're going to buy a work of art and don't take it to heart if they don't.
1: Yeah, it's funny because it's basically the same rule that you'd apply to somebody who's like being like a negative critic. Somebody who's like, well, that's a piece of crap. I would never buy that. Mm-hmm. Not taking their comment to heart and realizing like what they are saying has everything to do with them and where they're at. And also if somebody is like, that is so gorgeous. I'm going to buy that. Um, Understanding that like that's where they're at in that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until they purchase it until it becomes theirs that then it is time for you to to make that transition between this was mine now it belongs to them that's where you congratulate yourself for the sale.
0: Absolutely. If you
1: congratulate yourself for the sale before it actually happens,
0: you could end up really butt hurt. Yeah,
1: because if it doesn't happen, you're opening yourself up to to feeling bad.
0: Not only feeling bad, but um in the beginning I remember feeling like, "Well, what's wrong with me and my stuff?" and then not being able to be in a neutral place about it, which is a problem because a that chips away at your self-worth yep. if you think like that. B you are, you have zero chance of neutral communication yes. about it if you're feeling butt hurt.
1: Yeah, you're not going to be able to reach if you're feeling butt hurt and you're trying, it's just going to sound passive aggressive. Yeah. And like, and that's the worst way. That's why you feel like you're pushy because you're kind of being passive aggressive because you're desperately trying to, like, well, you said, you know, you might not say that, but if you read between the lines, it's like, well, you said that you were going to buy it. And then you totally ghosted me and now you haven't bought it.
0: Even if you don't say that, and yeah. it's just this underlying emotion that's there. And I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was butthurt in the beginning a lot. Now, I guess partially because I've experienced it and partially because I have understood and really contemplated about the ever changing dynamics in this realm yeah. uh, of like, no big, Yeah. um, Whatever the piece is, there is a good home for it out there. If it's not with this person, it's with someone else. That's totally fine with me.
1: There's one thing guaranteed, one rule that I follow when it comes to looking at my art and putting it out there into the world. Every work of art that I have created is going to sell at some point in time. I don't know if it'll sell this year, if it'll sell this month, if it'll sell in 20 years. The fact of the matter is that somebody out there is going to purchase the work. Whether it is this person who just ghosted me or not, that makes no difference. Every work of art that I have is going to sell. That's why it drives me crazy when people are like, what do you do with the older pieces? What do you think? I they don't age like milk; they age <laughs> like wine. What do you do with the older pieces? They are part of your inventory now.
0: I chastise them for their failure to find homes for themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Like people are disappointed because their art didn't sell within the the month or within six. I've had this piece for a year. So what?
0: I recently sold a piece that I had for three years. It was one of my favorite pieces I ever did. And, um, you know, of course, at times I was like, is it ever going to find a home? Yes. The answer is yes. Yes. And-
1: Every single piece will eventually. I just sold a piece that I created four years ago that's been listed on the website for four years mm-hmm. and somebody bought it. And it's, it's hilarious to me because then when somebody buys it, it's like they're seeing it for the first time. Like yeah. you just create. Oh my God, that's beautiful. When did you create this? And I'm like, four years ago. It's a, it's a Rafi classic. And that's, I think that that's the thing as artists, we have to remember, like, listen, create stuff and understand that now you are in that period of your life. It's kind of like people out there that are, you know, scramming to try and find Picasso's blue period mm-hmm. uh because like during that time in his life, he was just, he was using the color blue a lot. It's kind of the same thing. The paintings don't go down in value simply because they are older. Right. Your paintings are your paintings. If anything, even sitting there, the more popular you become, the more that they start increasing in value just sitting in your storage So never, ever look at an old painting and think to yourself like, oh, this is – I should put this on sale. It's not produce. It doesn't have an expiration date.
0: Now let's talk about the other critical thing here, which is the monies. So someone shows interest in your art and – whether or not you're having iffy financial times, it can be easy to get excited about the prospect of a sale, and it can make you a little crazy if you are in a financial situation where you could really use that sale. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you used the word desperate earlier in the podcast and not wanting to come across as desperate when you're corresponding. Yeah. And so the other reason to try to be neutral, I think, and understand that your art is going to find a home And not be so emotionally involved when someone shows interest is because you don't want to get yourself tied up in knots over whether you're going to get the money.
1: Exactly. And I think I I need to describe what I mean when I say desperate. So when I say desperate, I've had moments in time where because look with what's going on right now, I could easily come off as desperate because financially – we, we can easily go into a bind right now. Yep. So like, I want to sell things. I'm, I'm struggling with that whole concept of like trying to sell things during a pandemic. But at the same time, like, I need to pay my bills. I, I need to eat. I need to take care of myself. And so I can easily approach other people who are showing interest in my work as desperate, Mm -hmm. but I have to remind myself that it's not about the money. Really, when it comes down to it, there are a plethora of ways that I can make money. I am choosing to sell art. I am choosing to show my art into the world. I am choosing to spread what it is that I create out into the world. And I have to remind myself of that perspective. I'm not creating art for the money. I am creating art for the sake of creating art. If I am desperate for money, then the sale of art becomes more about needing to make money. Yeah. And and I know how those two are tied into one another, especially when it comes to insecurities and you're out there, you're putting your artwork out there for the first time. It is easy to get caught up in validation with money, but money is not, the tool that you should use to validate whether or not your art is successful or not, because it is a trap that is also going to cause you to start doing things for money versus doing things for the art in of itself,
0: which not only sucks emotionally, but um, it doesn't work. I, and I can speak from experience here too. When I would go out to shows or markets or whatever, and I felt desperate to make money It was like people could spot me a mile away. It was like I was putting out a desperation and it was off-putting. It's off-putting. And you don't think people can feel it. They can feel it. They can. And it's like people would avoid me like I was just about to say like the plague during this time. It's weird (laughs) to say that. But I think you end up shooting yourself in the foot when you are coming from that emotional place and it almost never works out.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't because everything is everything that comes out of your mouth, even your body language is kind of laced with that.
0: Even your email tonality.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why making sure that you're in a place where it's like, listen, I make the sale. I don't. And that's where I, that's where I'm at. Like right now. Okay, things are a little bit financially weird mm-hmm. right now. There is an uncertainty going on into the world. People are losing their jobs. Like, uh, I just happened to find a roll of toilet paper the other day at the store, which was miraculous. That
0: was miraculous. It,
1: they. It is a weird time right now. The economy is kind of locked down. So like it is easy for me to go into a place where I need to take financial preventative measures. I need to sell this. I need to, I need to do this and understanding that, Hey, I've been in financial binds before and I'm okay. Yeah. I have always, always gotten through it. I think that it's reminding yourself of the fact that like you've had financial struggles before and you've been fine and you're better off thinking about the solutions than thinking about the problem. And from that mindset, when I'm able to look at somebody and say, listen, I appreciate your appreciation of my art. Whether or not you buy it or not, that is a moot point because either you're going to buy it or someone else is. And I think that that's where that freedom comes. Then at that point, I'm not approaching them desperate for them, for that person to purchase it. I am just approaching them as somebody who has an appreciation for the art that I created.
0: Back to basics, why but, you do it. I am not a closer, as they call it. Right. I'm not a sale closer. I would rather someone pass up my artwork if they don't truly want it Yeah. Um, than to regret. I would never want someone to regret Owning a piece of my work or feel like they got bamboozled into it.
1: Listen, if the the thing about being an artist, whether you are a jeweler or a painter or a sculptor or whatever, if someone has buyer's remorse when they purchase your piece that works against you, because if I sold a painting to somebody that did not like it and they put it up on their wall and somebody comes in and they comment on that piece... They're not going to give me rave reviews. No. Um. So I would much rather be patient and wait for the right person to purchase the piece. Because then that way, I've got a calling card on their wall that every time somebody goes in there and comments on that piece, this person is giving me stark reviews. Oh, this is beautiful. This is, yeah, this artist, da, 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 da. Then they're talking me up. And really, and that's one of the reasons that I tell artists, put your stuff out there. Do it as much as you possibly can, whether it's online or in markets. Right now we're not doing markets, but like put your stuff out there, get it out in front of people and let the right person find you. Do not try to desperately sell your stuff to just anyone because that could really work against you in the long run.
0: This is a really interesting time to be looking at all these things, to be looking at your money mentality, to be looking at how you interact with people who are interested in your art, to deal... Because it's almost like right now is the extreme version of everything. So any guilt that I might feel for making a living as an artist is amplified right now. Extreme amounts of guilt when people are purchasing my stuff during a pandemic also extreme amounts of gratitude, and also everyone's kind of in financial situations right now. And being able to look and say, I still don't need to feel desperate, even if we end up in dire straits, right? Then we end up in dire straits. Then we deal with that then.
1: We cross that bridge when we get there. There's no point in worrying about it Before it actually happens, because I don't know what situation we'll be in in a week. I don't know what situation we'll be in in two weeks. The only thing I could do is deal with our situation right now and try and make the most of it.
0: Now more so than at any other time in my career, I do not expect anyone to purchase art from me. And I'm not pushing it on anyone. I am tremendously grateful for the orders and commissions that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am dealing with, even for people who very specifically and very clearly have said to me, yes, I would like to move forward with this commission right now. There's still a modicum of guilt and hesitancy to move forward with it. Like, are are you sure? Because (laughs) X, Y, and Z. Um, so just really taking a close look, I'm really examining all those emotions because those emotions are not just present now they're magnified now, Yeah, but they're emotions that were there before.
1: That's the beauty of this time right now where we're kind of looking at all these things because it's so neatly wrapped up in self-esteem, uh, connecting with other people, um, finances, the, all of these things are completely magnified right now. Mm-hmm. So if you are able to keep your wits about you and keep yourself in a good frame of mind, in a good place.
0: Or at least a neutral one. At
1: least in a neutral place at this point in time with, with everything that's going on right now, then yeah, absolutely um, you'll be able to handle just about anything. So I, I think that that's ultimately what it comes down to. And to answer that question, just in a nutshell, cause we did go off on a few tangents here, um, how to approach them, just approach them from a neutral place, whether they buy it or they don't buy it, don't get personally involved in the outcome of communicating with them. Just send them a reminder. Real As though simple. you were
0: sending a quick email to a friend of yours, hey, just wanted to follow up and remind you, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. And try to be genuine and authentic about that too. Don't like uh want to desperately sell the piece and send them a reminder because you want them to buy the piece. Like just genuinely like, oh, hey, I'm just reminding you because I know that life happens and, and people get busy and people forget things. Mm-hmm. Um I just wanted to remind you that this piece is there.
0: I've even said, if you've changed your mind, Ted is totally fine. Just wanted to reach out and see where you were at with it. Yeah. So so they don't feel uncomfortable either.
1: You're doing them a favor by reminding them of this thing that they had thought of and understanding that it's a safe place for them to change their mind as well, that that you're not going to take it personally. I've had people approach me with that, like, oh, Rafi, like, I've changed my mind. I, I hope I didn't. I I hope I didn't offend you or anything. I'm like, no, I'm not offended by that. You have every right in the world to change your mind. Yes. On whether or not you want to purchase something from me or not.
0: And listen, I've been squeamish about sending those emails, like for the majority of my career. But I have never had anyone come back at me with "How dare you send a reminder email? What nerve!" Yeah. I've never had that happen.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. the The fears that come up especially when it comes to us being pushy. I think a lot of that goes back to like being a kid and, you know, like with me, like going to a place and my parents being like, don't ask for anything. Don't blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that, it's like this childish fear of like, I don't want to be pushy.
0: Cause you don't want to get in trouble. Cause
1: pushy. Yeah. But uh, no, people that are pushy are annoying. It's like, you're not being pushy by simply reminding somebody of something that they had said that they were going to do or asking a question. You're not being pushy by asking a question or reaching out or asking for something that you want.
0: And the reason it's good to come from a neutral place is because if you're coming from a please-give-me-money place, then of course you're going to feel weird about sending that email. Yeah. Please um, give me the money that you said you might give me for this art. That's going to feel weird.
1: Yeah, that's basically that's basically <laughs> the most authentic way that you could send an email <laughs> – uh, if if it's actually because of the money, because right. you, you want the money.
0: Please help me keep my self-worth intact by responding to this email. You don't want to be in that emotional place. So yeah. just try to remain neutral. Try to remember that everyone has lives happening and things happen. And,
1: and if they say, no, I'm not interested anymore, that's absolutely fine. That is not a reflection on you or your art, not in any way, shape, or form.
0: And if they never respond to you at all, try to refrain from making up paper. Hey, bro- Probably stories yeah. about where they, wh- yeah. where they were at.
1: If they don't respond to you, if they've ghosted you, again, has nothing to do with you or your art. Has to do everything with them. You don't know what's going on in their lives. So just just let it go. Let it go. Did You could do what I do, which is I have a two-email rule. I will contact them two more times. And if they don't respond after the second time, then I just let it go. I put it in my my uh, done pile.
0: D U N done. Yep. This was a great question. I want to say thank you to Rota Fursona, uh handle Art Miranda. Thank you. Thank you. This is a great topic to cover. It's relevant now, especially, and it's relevant all the time.
1: All the time. All the time. This is this is a big one for for a lot of artists, especially aspiring artists, because whenever you get into the whole subject of money. Um, things get a little bit more complicated. It pushes on all kinds of emotions and things like that. Isn't
0: that true? Think about this. If you were gonna give someone a painting as a gift, and you were simply waiting on their shipping address and they weren't getting it to you, would you feel weird about sending them a reminder yeah, email? Yeah, not hey, at all. just a reminder, I need your shipping address. Yeah, exactly. When money gets involved, we get weird. That,
1: yeah, we get all weird and stuff. But it gives us an opportunity to take a look at that and take a look at ourselves and be like, okay, well, why do you feel pushy? Why do you feel like you're being weird? Mm-hmm. Is it because you're asking for money? So just investigate that within yourself. Make sure that your motivations are clear to you on why it is that you're reaching out. We are curious to know about your relationship when it comes to uh, someone ghosting you and how you've gotten through that. Not necessarily complain about it. I mean, unless you really want to complain about somebody ghosting you. Some of the stories of people ghosting are amusing. Are re- actually re- very amusing. But I'm more interested in hearing, like, how did you deal with it? How did you get over it? And how do you approach it? Uh, now, after that happening, if you find me at Twitter, my handle is at Rafi was here. Go ahead and leave your response on there. We'll, Clee and I will both be reading those. We'll be curious to see what you guys have to say about that.
0: Absolutely.
1: And thank you so much for listening. You guys, you guys are absolutely freaking amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just click somewhere around here to subscribe and if you guys are interested in finding out more about us and some of the cool stuff that we do, like the videos and everything, just go to www.raffyandclee.com. That's our website and you'll basically be linked to all the crazy things that we do. And I guess, I guess we are going to sign off. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day. Adios.